Good day, everybody. My name is Joshua T. Berglund, and welcome to a conversation with Joshua T. Berglund on the Live Mana Network. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, if you want to find our network, you can just scan that barcode right there. You can find links to our book, our movie, uh, the Live Mana Worldwide Foundation. It's all right there in that convenient little barcode. And no, I'm not promoting the Mark of the Beast, so stop there. Anyway, uh, so grateful that you're here today. Today is going to be really, really special to me. Um, and I think it's going to be special for a lot of you uh, because we're going to talk about disassociative identity, identity disorder and sexual abuse, something that I'm familiar with. Um, but we're going to talk to somebody that is helping free people from this uh, and help people heal and go on to live the life that God intended them to live. Uh, we are in for a treat. Kelly Holly. Is it Holly? Is that how you say her name? She's from Warrior Bride Ministries. Um, and those of you who have heard terms like SRA, which is sat satanic ritual abuse, uh, of course, you know about sexual abuse. Um, we're going to we're going to cover this topic today. And it's foreign to some people, foreign to probably the majority of people. But I got to tell you, I think more people have encountered SRA and sexual abuse and disassociative identity disorder uh, than most know. Uh, there's a lot of misdiagnosis. I know that I was misdiagnosed for years and prescribed medication that actually made my symptoms worse uh, and made me crazier than I already was. <laughs> so, and I'm not blaming anybody because I made my own choices. But that said, um, I really think that this is an important broadcast. So some of you out there may also discover that you've been misdiagnosed and you can change up your, your treatments because I don't know about you. But, uh, you know, the bipolar medication, the ADHD medication, the uh, depression medication, the anxiety medication, all of that stuff that I used to take made me worse, made me much, much worse. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to and who knows where the spirit's going to lead us today. But I am honored to have our guest on today. And um, and what, what else would I wanted to say? Oh, here's the other thing, too, that I think is very important to say. Um, I've. My wife and I have given a platform to a lot of different people from that, that come from the human trafficking world, the anti-human trafficking world, or at least they are saying that they're anti-human trafficking, uh, against human trafficking, and then only to find out that they're part of the problem. Uh, we've seen this. I just had Clay Clark on. I just, I've, I've you know, you know my relationship uh, with Madison by now. Um, and I've discovered the hard way that these people are not who they say they are, and they're part of the problem, General Flynn included. Of course, I haven't interviewed him yet. I still would interview him, even knowing what I know about him. Um, I would ask him the questions that I asked Clay Clark that he lied about. But the fact is that I believe with all my heart, I want to say this from the bottom of my heart, uh, that Kelly, I believe, is the real deal. Uh, prime example, she goes, we're going to pray before we start, right? And I was like, yeah, we're going to pray. Um, and But there's been other little things that, that I've seen and witnessed with her and just have been following her journey a little bit since we first met. And I believe that she's the real deal. And while I can't guarantee anything, I believe that her heart is in the right place and she truly is doing the work that, frankly, not everybody's equipped to do. Uh, so she's an inspiration to me, and I think that you will find her to be an inspiration too. So with that said, uh, we'll be right back after these messages.
want them rolling out the red carpet, the red carpet, the red carpet. You want them rolling out the red carpet, the red carpet, the red carpet. You want the finest things, the diamond rings, designer jeans, all minor things in the widest scheme. But at what cost to realize your dreams? Been bleeding in the wheel more, put the crown of thorns on, spill more. My mic bloody cause I kill more, but I'm still poor. Bottom is where I started, but I get to the top and park it. Plug up in a harlot, my battery need charging. And to reach my target is the illest in the market. It's some liquid from my arteries, but spill onto the carpet, yeah. Everybody want fame, nobody wanna work for it. Want them all to know your name, don't wanna see no hurt for it. You wanna out the red carpet, the red carpet, the red. Welcome back. My name is Joshua T. Berglund, and we are on a conversation with Joshua T. Berglund on the Live Mana Network. Thank you for being here, and I pray that I wrote her last name down correctly because all of a sudden when I was reading her last name I got insecure like wait a second I don't think I wrote that right so hopefully hopefully I I did not butcher her last name because I mean no disrespect uh, ladies and gentlemen please welcome Kelly from Warrior Bride Ministries hello Kelly how are you I'm wonderful how are you doing I'm well pleased Holly is how you say your last name right yeah, it's so funny. Everybody says that. And I'm like, whatever. It's Holly, Holly, you know. I don't know. It's Kelly Holly. <laughs> I still say Dixon too. So, you know, my English is not exactly uh, perfect all the time. Uh, but I am so grateful that you're here today. Um, I do want to pray before we start. But before we pray, I would like to ask you, what are you grateful for today and why? Uh, definitely Yeshua um, and just breath, life. Uh, every day he gives me is a blessing, and I recognize that, and I'm thankful for that. Hallelujah. Would you like to pray, or do you want me to? Either way, I'll be glad to pray. You can pray either okay. way. I love to hear other people pray, so I'll give you the honors. Okay, well, thank you. So, Father, we thank you so much for this time. I thank you for this connection. I thank you for this opportunity to shine a light on your goodness your love, your redemption ability, how you love us, you have not forsaken us. I give you all the honor and all the glory. Your word says not to worry about what I will say, but just be willing and let the Holy Spirit speak through me. So I ask Holy Spirit to please just speak, say exactly what you would want the people to know. Father, I ask you to bind anything that is not of you outside the perimeter of our locations, render it ineffective. I ask you to scatter the airways. I ask you to close portals, close entry ports from the demonic, have it be one way out. I ask this for it to be an open heaven for you and yours only, that there will be no interference. Mm. I ask you to bind and gag all monitoring, tracking spirits, send them far away. Have this time be yours and have it accomplish exactly what you would want it to accomplish. Plant seeds, water seeds, harvest, advance your kingdom. I say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah is the king. Yeah. Thank you. Oof, I've got electricity shooting all through my body. <laughs> I had a feeling that you were going to do a much better prayer than I would have. Wow. <laughs> um, thank you for that. And uh, I'm sure the audience is blessed for that as well. I um, Well, first of all, the conversation that we had, it feels like it's been months ago now, probably not that long ago, but it, it had an impact on me uh, because through the entire conversation, I mean, we're talking about heavy stuff in this conversation, and, and yet the, you could just see the Holy Spirit radiating through you and joy, and it was just the fruits were evident. And um, in getting to learn a little bit about what Warrior Bride Ministries does, I was so inspired, and my wife was too. So we are truly, truly honored to have you here. Um, but with that said, what? And thank you. I'm honored to be here. Thank you. How did how did Warrior Bride Ministries come about? So um, I was a victim of sexual abuse when I was younger. Um, multiple different ways. I actually believe there's a spirit that's put on you um, during the first abuse and then they are attracted and they know your vulnerability. Yeah. And so in several ways I was abused. Um, and then, you know, there came a point where I could start trying in my mind, take control of my life. And I did, and I started to live out what would appear to be a very, you know, successful life. Um, throughout high school, I was very much an overachiever, college, um, in the business world. But that was all to just mask the wound I had. I tried everything to mask that wound. I tried um, things that look good to the world, workaholic, um, alcohol, drugs, um, uh, men, uh, just anything, you know, very shopping there's so many things that we use to try to mask those wounds that we have. But once I got to the point of what my rock bottom was, and I got on my knees and called out to Yeshua, he was, and when I say Yeshua, that's Jesus's Hebrew name. So um, I use that name for several reasons, and we can talk about that later. But I just want to make sure everybody knows, because a lot of people don't. Yeah. Um, so... Let's see. I tried several things. Um, finally, I hit my rock bottom. I called out to him. He was faithful. He started. He started. I think what I call a sanctification process with me, and I was hungry for his word. I studied. I did everything, um, just you know, just to to know him, and to know the right way, because mm. really in the scriptures it does tell you the right way that you can live life abundantly. So I went into that and, um, you know, once I kind of got somewhat solid, I just started serving every way I could find and for him. And one of the ways that he led me to was through sexual abuse, which, you know, victims of sexual abuse, which often he does that. Whatever he pulls you out of and heals you from, Amen. he often will plant you there so that you can help others. And so he did that. And that was one of the things that really stuck. Um, it's been probably 15 years that I've been serving them and kind of an escalated pattern. At first, I was still in the business world, so it was more part-time. And 
Um, but it escalated to where he said, put down, put down corporate America. And then I had a job that I could serve him more like a company I built. I could do it and serve him more. But then he said, put down the company. And then he said, start Warrior Bride Ministries. I apologize if something came in there. Um, when I was served. <laughs> Uh-oh. I lost you. You went mute. Nope. 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 What? What happened? Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. All right. Welcome back. Can you hear me now? Yes, ma'am. I can. Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, Lord help us. Can you, Lord help us. <laughs> I love when Can you happens. hear me? Yes, I can. You can hear me? I yes. can't hear you. Really? I can't I hear you. That's weird. Let me leave and come back. Well, you know, that happens from time to time. <laughs> Try that again. You can hear me swear. Hello, can you hear me? I hope you didn't hear me swear. <laughs> no, I didn't hear you swear. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. <laughs> okay, good. All right. So go ahead, continue. <laughs> okay. Um you're going to be able to edit this anyways, right? No, I'm going to leave this. <laughs> okay. I don't try to perfect anything. Except okay. I just do my best and go with it. That's <laughs> so I'm not editing anything. Okay. <laughs> but don't worry, no one heard you curse. I didn't oh, even good, hear. Good, good. I was like oh. I'm like, "Oh, wait a minute." Okay. So I'm very human. <laughs> <laughs> So I was serving at this ministry. Um, the enemy came in, brought dissension, infiltrated, which he does a lot, a lot of places. And so we always have to be on our guard for that. But when that happened, there was still a big need uh, to serve this, these people. And there was very few places to go. So people would be calling me. They'd be showing up at my house, you know, all kinds of things. And so oh, wow. I would keep ministering to them, but I was trying to find a place that I could do it. And nobody felt equipped. We're not equipped for that. We're not, you know, this, that, and the other. So finally, I just, the Lord led me to get this little office. It was about 260 square feet. And it was right when COVID started. Um, and even though it was COVID and um, it was around January, February of, of that year, we still saw it was like 270 or so people. Um, with a huge percentage of them being sexual abuse and um, a huge percentage of them being satanic ritual abuse. And then the next year we saw 450. Um, and then this year 
I don't know where we are, but probably more than that. Um, but we just kept growing. Um, and the Lord moved us out of the 267 little room to 1900 square feet. And then he just had me get um, this other side of the office to expand because he wants it to be not only spiritual healing, but the mind and the body as well. Amen. So we'll be doing uh, DBT classes, CBT classes. Um, we have a chiropractor who's an expert in uh, body memory, um, various things. We're, we're going to have a work program for those who move here so that they can start their own business during their healing because they have a real problem with finances because mm -hmm. unfortunately broke people are often broke. Um, <laughs> so he's got this whole thing that he's having us evolve this into, but certainly the spiritual is a huge, huge component of it. Um, yeah. Cause you can't heal without the spiritual component. There is no healing to be able to go on and learn all the other skills that are needed to go on and do God's work to make use of the healing. Right. You so have to yeah, to I, the, I agree with that. Yeah, you have to get to the root. And to me, um, a big part of the root is spiritual. Amen. Because the minute you get that wound, which we all have, we all have wounding, whether it be rejection, abandonment, whatever it is, we all have wounding. But once we have that, it's a place that the enemy can work out of. So now you live your life out of a rejected standpoint. Now you live your life always thinking people are going to leave you. So we definitely deal with that. That is the basis of our ministry. But there is additional healing that needs to occur, especially some of the victims that come or, you know, survivors that come um, are to the extreme of the most abused in this world, in my opinion. And so their bodies have taken a beating as well. I mean, they have abused them in ways you can't imagine. And so their body does need healing as well. And so we take a very uh, clean approach to everything. We, we um, try to teach them how to eat clean, um, no medicines. We try to, we're not doctors, so we can't say no medicine. But what we find is people come with a bag full of medicine and when they leave they might be on none or one or two or whatever um but it diminishes greatly and there's many natural foods that can help you with that uh sure. herbs you know different things like that and so we we focus on all that as well i want to ask you something because this kept popping in my head as you were talking about the you know the the waves of people that have come to you over the last few years and they it sounds like it's doubling and getting bigger and bigger one of the things that was very hard for me in my healing was that when i met somebody that was like me or close enough like me there was this trauma bonding that was going on that set me up for more failure my mind would go i would either think i was in love or there would be there would be some type of very deep, undescribable connection where it was 
you know, magnetic is probably not even a strong enough word, but it was like, I just need to be close to you. And then the other person was like that too. And there was a real bond. And the only words I know for it are called trauma bonding. And I noticed that as the Lord was continuing to heal me, that got less and less. But for the first four years in my walk, I had to be very, very careful about talking to other people that went through anything similar to me because I would just lose all logic and just go let get, get sucked in by that magnet. So does this happen with the people that are coming there? Does that, does this, do you have protections in place? Cause I've heard other people talk about this, but how do you prevent that from happening? Especially with that um, number of people, that's a lot <laughs> to, to, to deal with, well, with similar let, traumas. Yeah. Let me first say a lot of them are, I deal with online. Okay. The, the Lord works online, you know, the Lord works everywhere. He's omnipresent, right? Amen. I mean, I minister to people in other countries everywhere. Just depends whoever contacts us and needs help. So a lot of them are there. Um, we have had a few move here and it has been a challenge and one that I am um, learning every day. What do I need to do to try to help this situation? I think right now, which is not the best because again, they're broke. Um, is they have different rooms they've rented or different apartments in different places. And I think that helps. Um, in the long run, we do want to, I feel like the Lord's leading us to build communities for um, these survivors, but the ones that he's put on my heart first for the community is 12 and under. And I think with them, it would be a little different because they're still young enough where um, the healing could occur before they have to live the majority of their life. Um, but it is a challenge. It's definitely a challenge and one that we do the best we can kind of thing. Cause what are you going to do? Like not help them because a trauma right. bond might occur. Right. So right. we just are doing the best we can with that separating them, but yet not totally separating them. Cause the thing is they need community. We Amen. also heal in community, you know, and people don't understand them either. <laughs> you know, so many people tell them, and these are professionals telling them this is ignore every part other than the host. They're not there. They're all whatever the first, you know, the host name is. And so you're once again, taking the voice away of a huge part of that person. And that's something we probably need to explain what we're talking about before we go too far into that. But the point is, it's a delicate balance and we have to do the best we can and trust the Lord because what we can't do any longer is ignore these people and ignore what has happened to them and be afraid of it and run from it. Yeah. I what, now cuz you've stated uh here a few times we tell everybody where you're at if you don't mind. Oh sure. Um in terms of location Well, like location, where's your location? Okay, location wise, we're outside of Atlanta. Okay. And uh website wise, we're www.warriorbrideministries.org or .com. Okay. 
The uh, yeah, I I wanted for some reason I thought you were in Florida, but I I'm I'm glad that you cleared that up and that you're outside of Atlanta, so people know when they look you up, they can go there for you know treatment if they need. You know, sexual abuse is a very it's amazing the damage that it can cause. Like I think about you know my sexual abuse from men and women, and what that did to me. And where I found comfort in the monster that was created inside me and uh, my behavior. And with that said, I meet people all the time now or get to speak to them that went through things that honestly, mine was a walk in the park compared to what they went through. That said, I know how challenging it is to heal and the amount of commitment that it takes uh, to be able, because it's not a, you have to, it's something that we have to do every day. We have to be committed to the work because it takes one decision to slip back into the abyss mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and, and go into a dark world. I've known it from my own relapses. So that said, how is it that you are finding, or I'm sorry, what are you doing to help people get motivated to want to do the work? Is it something they have to discover on their own? Or is there something that you can teach them that motivates them to do the work? Because my my experience with this is, I know people that want to do the work and have done the work, but it's usually after creating pure devastation on the planet. Um, and then they finally run out of options and say, okay, God, I surrender. And then they do the work to 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 heal. A lot of people, they'll start the work and they go, screw this. This is not for me. And they just go back to their old ways. How do you inspire people to want to change? Well, um, first of all, I think it's the Holy Spirit that draws them. And I think the true love that I have for these people, I think they see it and they know it and they feel it and they get inspired just by that. And it's not even, I don't necessary my love i feel like the lord's agape love flows through me to them and i'm not special he's calling all of us to do this if you look yeah. at scripture we're all supposed to be doing this but he releases his agape love and they respond or they don't in the long run it's your will and like you mm. said some will start and some will leave and then some will come back and some will see it all the way through and it's the will that's the greatest gift he gave us. He's not taken it away. You can make your decision if you want to heal and have life abundantly or not. What's the greatest challenge that you face on a day in day out basis that most people wouldn't guess? Wouldn't guess? Yeah. I mean, cause there's some obvious challenges, but what's <laughs> some of the unobvious challenges that you face on a daily basis that would surprise people? Um, so much has become the norm for me, but I know it would, um, <laughs> I know yeah. almost all of it, people would be, you know, have their mouth hanging open. <laughs> um, I think they would be very, very shocked at the reality of the world and the spirit realm. Mm. Every true. day I get more shocked by the reality of it. It is very intertwined. 
And when we say there's a, a war against evil and good, like we have no idea, most of us, what that really means. It is deep and they do use us as pawns if we allow them to. God, that's right. Oof. You, you're, you're right about that. And that makes me think about what's going on. <sighs> How do I say this the right way? Um, there's quite the web of deception amongst people that claim to be rescuers and freedom fighters and patriots and all of that. And the after we we fell into something, all, all we were trying to do when we got into this realm, I guess, and started meeting all the different trafficking organizations. And I'm friends with, I've known Annie Lobert for a long time now, but you know that was just more of a friendship. And I interviewed her. I wasn't involved in this world at all, but then met somebody that was a survivor and became friends and got to know them, saw them in public and found out the hard way that they were part of the deception. Basically, they were still tra they were trafficking other people, but they were using the cover of we're freeing and rescuing victims. And through that, uncovering that, we uncovered even more people. And these people are on all of the national stages. They're on national TV. They're, I mean, they're famous, but they're famous for being patriots and being freedom fighters and everything else. But they are part of this very, very corrupt interconnected web of deceit and evil that has, oof, you talk, I mean, it's just beyond evil to me. And I, in more, every day that goes by, we learn something new that it makes me go, is there anyone good left in this world? So I want to ask you something. And I believe with all my heart that you are sincere and you are one of the good ones. Um, I do genuinely believe that. Thank you. That said, <laughs> how do we know how, what are the questions that we can ask? Because there's people that are giving thousands of dollars a week, a month. They're, they're wiping out their bank accounts. They're giving money that they don't have. And yeah, I'm talking to you, not you, but I'm talking to, <laughs> to the person I'm talking to, because I know that they're doing it. They give their money, all their money away because they believe that they're doing this good work and they're getting robbed blindly. What are the questions that people can ask to these freedom fighters, these rescuers? What are the questions that can be asked so we can figure out who's full of crap and who's not? Because there's a lot of people getting screwed over and I'm frankly, have had enough of it. Yeah, I gotcha. Well, I think, um, first of all, if the Lord's not in it, that's a big question, number one, in my mm. book, because this war can't be won without him. No. Um, so I would question that. Number two, what is their specialty in the fight? Like my specialty, my place that the Lord has placed me in this fight is healing. Okay. Mm -hmm. What is theirs? What are they doing? And what are the results? Like they should be able to show if they're going in and rescuing the children. Okay. They should be able to see. Where'd you rescue them from? Like, where are they? Like, don't have to give the exact location, but where are they? And where do they go after they're rescued? Like, I would want to know some, some details to that, not just um, getting online and talking about it. Not that you can't do that. But with this, with 
the way the Lord has been working, I would question some things, although he may have called some people just to do that because he's starting to release me to talk about it more. But for the longest time, for the first three years, can you hear me still? No, I'm getting nervous. <laughs> Don't touch I your know. phone anymore. <laughs> for the first three years, he um, he did not have, he wanted me more hidden. Uh, so I didn't do that. I really was just nonstop learning from him and helping the people. And so if you're really doing the work, you're kind of too busy doing the work than to just talk about it all the time, unless he's calling them to that. Cause there could be a phase that, that he sends me in that that's what I'm doing. But I would want to know some things like, how many people have you saved? You know, what what happens to them? What's the process? Because not everybody can specialize in every single thing in this. Like some should go rescue. Some should get them to a stable place. Um, some should get them to the housing. Some should heal them and get them ready to re-enter the world. And how are they re-entering the world? Because once they re-enter, we don't want them re-exploited. Um, yeah. As you could imagine, especially when it's children, like sometimes all they know is to touch people sexually. So we don't want them going back into the world and starting to touch people sexually. Or we don't want them to go back out into a normal school and um, people shun them because they you know, have been sexually abused because that comes out. And there's just different ways that they get re-exploited. So yeah. we want to know, like, what is your part in the fight? And let, let me see what you're doing. Like, well, let me see what you're actually doing. You, they should be able to show some of that. Let me ask you something. And that that is a good point. But let me ask you this. How dangerous is it for a former SRA or trafficking victim or all the above, uh, even MK Ultra? how dangerous is it for them to be the ones going out into the rescues? To me, that seems insane. I I don't I don't believe that I'm equipped to go into that situation because I of a being a former not a victim in that way, but a sexual abuse victim. I would think that going in those environments would be especially triggering. I don't care how healed I am. I would imagine that is a booby trap for me. Is that true? Should should former victims be the one going to free victims or is that something that's a little risky? Okay. Well, that's, um, I would say that depends on the individual person. Let me tell you, first of sure. all, the, the issue, the issue is that the normal person won't get into this fight. <laughs> You've got to be crazy to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I check. I'm not I know crazy. Me, no disrespect. You got to trust the Lord a lot. Yeah. You have to trust <laughs> the Lord a lot and not give in to fear and stuff like that. But the normal person won't. Okay. So then who is going to? Right. Okay. Most of, most of the time who is going to, it goes back to me, you know, and I kind of like what I said, I was healed from sexual abuse and then I was called in place to help them. Right. right? So if you've gone, done a, a good amount of healing, then you could. It depends on what, what exactly it is you're going to do. 
For instance, at Warrior Bride Ministries, we do believe that they give back. Now, not for the first whatever, you know, it could be a year or whatever, they, they're not going to give back, or maybe less, depending on the extremes of their abuse. Mm-hmm. But at some point, well, they're still receiving free ministry because all of this I do for free, right? Yeah. Don't charge one person. Didn't take a penny for the first two years. Now mm-hmm. I get $500 before tax. So, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> But at a certain point, as they're getting all, you know, all this free, like I need people to help. And so they would be kind of that scenario where they can help, Um, not do the ministry like I do, but they can do emails, they can stuff envelopes, they can help me write, you know, um, programs, whatever, they can do administrative stuff. And then if they can, as they continue to heal, they can do more and more and more. So it just depends. I had, and the reason I asked that question, I was just thinking about, and it's not necessarily the same, but I haven't gone on rescues. Um, in fact, like I, I mean, it's like when we would go out and feed uh, the homeless downtown and when we live downtown, especially we're there all the time. I had a really hard time with, and even doing street ministry is like some days it would be fine and everything would be good. And then other times I would get around familiar spirits that would just agitate me internally and it would put me in a dark place. Mm -hmm. And maybe I didn't have enough spiritual armor on. Maybe I wasn't healed enough yet. I don't know. Um, You know, my heart is to serve and I'm fortunate to get to do it. But I do it for the most part, and you were talking about this earlier, online. Like very rarely, I mean, I'll do Zoom meetings and things like that where I'll work with people and talk with them one-on-one. But there's a protective barrier there for me. And also, I know that if I'm not feeling right or not thinking clearly or my spirit's in a you know weird place, I at least have a boundary to be able to go, you know what? Okay, this meet, let's reschedule the meeting or whatever. Being out in the middle of it, you don't have that luxury. So right now, I kind of serve fr- with a protective barrier because I don't know if I'm all the way healed enough to be around that because I don't know how to explain this without it sounding really creepy, but I think other people may relate. I can smell other abuse victims. Like I can feel it in my spine. I can be 100 yards away and see somebody and know that they've been abused or know that they've been molested. I can feel it. I don't explain that. I mean, I don't know how to explain that. But for me, it scares me enough to go, yeah, I'm not ready to go out and rescue victims. Mm -hmm. Not that it's going to make me want to go be a predator or anything. It's just that there's something about the, the, the spirit world that is more real than this world that we're playing in right now. And I can't explain that. Can you explain it? Well, I mean, the spirit realm is real and they know they talk the, the, you know, spirits connected to the wounds that aren't healed, whatever they haven't been delivered from, whatever they haven't been healed from, uh, they talk, they know. Um, but the reality is that happens if you're wounded or not. I mean, everybody's wounded in my opinion and, and to some level, sure. but they are, they exist for everybody. 
So they're always doing that. Now, that being said, for each individual person, you're in a you're you're on your individual journey. And there is a going to be a um, a period of time where you shouldn't be like some people, if they're really severely um, traumatized, I might have them come into the office in a time that I know no one else is there. Okay. Some can handle it. Some are fine. Some have just off days and I'll be like, don't come in today. Or come in tonight when, um, you know, when others aren't here so I can help you with, without any interference. And I do have to, and sometimes when I get groups together or something, there are certain ones that carry something with them that I have to say, I'm sorry, but you, you can't join this group right now until we get further along. Um, it just depends. That's I try to, to walk in love, but with my eyes open, with awareness, all of this stuff can be defeated. It's just a matter of time, you know, um, my time, having enough time to get to everybody and also their timing of when they're ready to do the work. And then, of course, Yeshua's timing. Speaking of that, yesterday I got a phone call from somebody that uh, it was a guy. And typically it's women that reach out to me. I don't know why this is, especially with my history, but it's more women that will reach out to me, which I'm like, okay, you probably should talk to my wife, not me. <laughs> um, Cause I don't feel that it's appropriate, but because of my sexual past, you know, I would, I used to think that, well, guys would be a problem too, considering my sexuality was like trisexuality, especially when drugs were involved. Um, that said, I had someone reach out and I'd never talked to them before they were referred to me. And it was simple. It was as simple as I felt in my heart that you needed to talk to this person and you're the only person in the world he can talk to. I'm like, okay, what does this mean? Is this about HIV? What is this about? Had a conversation that normally would have triggered me beyond triggers and it didn't happen. I was shocked actually. I'm still kind of shocked because it's been over 24 hours now. And it didn't affect me the way it normally would when I've had these other conversations before. And so that felt good because I'm like, wait a second. These were all the things that would cause me to get that, well, the deviant side of me crawling up my spine, wanting to, you know, go out and ravage and raise heck and everything else. And then I'd be fighting it for weeks, trying not, you know, to make it go away. It didn't happen yesterday. I was able to remain in integrity, not get triggered, not get riled up because I mean, the conversation would, I mean, it was kind of stimulating and, but all the person was doing was confessing because they've never told anybody any of the things that they were saying. And so I felt good about that, but I'm not going to get real comfortable with it yet. But I do know that God does heal and God has healed. And, and the, my journey for healing DID has been long and painful and confusing and frustrating, but it's happening. And, and it's such a miracle for me that how God has taken me on this journey and given me the grace along the journey as I've healed for every mistake and setback, God has found a way to use it for good. So with your experience with DID and your experience with helping people heal from DID, um, what is, in your opinion the right plan of action for one people to find out, is this really DID? 
And then number two, what's the first step in the healing process? Okay, well, I can tell you um, what the Lord has had me put together as the Please. process he has. He's the do. best doctor there is. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, so what he has for me to, uh, to do is people go online, they request an appointment, uh, they fill out some paperwork. It's mainly about their history. And then they get on my schedule. The first appointment's two hours where I go through the paperwork and we talk and um, the Lord shows me what spirits are at work. Wow. And he typically shows me if it's DID or if it's more what I call partial fragmentations, mm -hmm. which is more of um, kind of what the majority of the world has, you know, wounding um, that has affected them and how and has them um, put on different personas at different times and things like that. Um, so he shows me if it's that or if it's something more, he starts to just show me and I, I make a lot of notes. And then depending, again, on what he wants, um, sometimes if it's just some partial fragmentations, we can have one two-hour session and they're done. And I'll be thinking, okay, well, that was fairly boring. And, <laughs> and they'll be like, oh, my gosh, it was life-changing. It was life-changing. Well, you know, it's between him and them. I'm just like a little facilitator, right? Yeah. But when you when you deal with people to the extreme that I do, I'm I'm used to a lot of action. Um, so if it is somebody that has um, a more intensive trauma, uh, we that first appointment could just be going through the paperwork. It could also go into some um, talk about if they're ready to forgive, because that's a key component. Hopefully people know Jesus Yeshua by now. If not, then I definitely have to talk to him about that because he is the only way I know that they can receive healing. Same. Um, so we talk about forgiveness, see if they're ready to forgive because scripture tells us if they don't forgive, then he can't forgive them. Um, walk, depending on what hang up they have on that, that could take a while or it could not. And we go through people forgiving and then it's, um, confession and repentance, the things that we need forgiveness for. We go through that. It's a breaking of vows that we've made, ungodly vows. It's a breaking of soul ties that um, we've made, ungodly soul ties. And then I typically go into the courtroom of heaven and I, and I um, deal with things legally because the enemy is a legalist. And then after that, I start kicking out... Um, the demonic. Now that would be on the host person. The host person is the person who presents. Um, if they're not DID, that would be the only person I work with. And they might need one appointment. They might need multiple appointments, but I just work with the single person. If they're DID, I start asking them, is there somebody else in there that would like to come speak to me? And I let them know I'm safe. And I asked Yeshua if there's somebody he wants me to meet and ask him to help them come forward. We uh, do this as long as we need to, uh, as long as the time allows. The Lord is kind of likes to keep me in boundaries because I could do it forever. So um, it might require several appointments to do this. And I sometimes meet hundreds of, of different parts. Um, sometimes I meet just the primaries. 
Um, each part, I want to introduce to Yeshua. I want to help them um, process whatever portion of the memory that Yeshua wants them to process. Sometimes it's a lot. Sometimes it's a little. Sometimes it's none. Um, I might need to do deliverance on that part because the part, different parts hold different spirits. Um, and then I introduce them to him. And he comes and gets them. And then he ministers to them. Depending on the role within the body, they come back or they don't until he's ready to do what I call integration, which is bringing all the parts together back into the wholeness, the way he designed us, the way he created us, the way he purposed us to be whole. I, so that's how I understand it as well. And I find it interesting because I didn't really know anyone at the time with, um, that knew anything about DID that made any sense to me and my spirit and the way that God taught me to heal, to start the healing journey, to get me to a place where other people could step in and help. I want to preface that because I didn't do it alone and I sure as heck didn't do it without Jesus. But the way that he showed me, it was, I needed to take each altar I had and take it on its own independent healing journey. And as you said, you were introducing Jesus to each altar. I was taking each altar to Jesus and letting Jesus work on each one. And slowly but surely, the fragments have come together. I'm not all the way healed yet because I know I, I have certain cues that I can pay attention to. Some of them I've realized are habits, so I get to correct the habit. But some things are still little fragments that want to come out and they want to act out or they want to do other things. And I'm fortunate that I'm able to shut it down before it goes too far. But it it's shown me that I'm not all the way healed, but I'm at a place where, you know what? I actually, for the first time in my life, feel comfortable accepting responsibility for my actions because instead of detaching or disassociating in a way where I don't know what the person's doing, I've gotten to a place now where I can see even if I'm outside of my body enough and, and there's been a minor switch, I'm able to see that person or, you know, the actions of it enough to go where the part of me that's like me, me, I can stop them. Does that make any sense at all? Yeah. Even though I'm detached from it, I feel like I can still pull it back if it's get, trying to go too far. Does that make any sense? Yeah. I mean, what part of our, one of our first kind of goals is to get the core person, which is who the Lord created Amen. to be co-conscious mm. with the other parts. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then even some co-consciousness between some of the parts uh, so that they can work. So it's a system basically, and they need to work together yes. so that they can function well until the time that the Lord totally integrates them. I love that. And so with that said, because there's some people and I, when I've talked openly and I do talk openly about all my stuff, but one of them, when I do bring up DID for the people that think they understand it, everyone claims it's all demonic. I don't believe that to be true. Mm -mm. No. Can you explain that as you're more of a professional about this than I am. So can you explain Sure. What part of it's demonic and what part's not, or is yeah. none of it demonic? Please explain in your own words. Okay. 
So the Lord in his goodness, mm-hmm. you know, he is, he's so good and he, he knows everything in his goodness. He created us in a way that he knew that because we, um, because we let sin in, he knew that we would go through trauma. He knew we would have hard times in this world. Hmm. So instead of us just not being able to function and just, you know, die or whatever, he made it where um, we could take a part of our soul with whatever that trauma is and break it off behind an amnesic wall so that the core doesn't even know it happened until the time that he wants to deal with it. So he puts it behind amnesic walls and they hold that memory because if you saw that memory when it was too soon before you were ready to deal with it, you wouldn't be able to function in this world. So it's almost like a fail safe that when the trauma gets too hard, instead of just checking out and dying, you can hit that, um, that button and a piece breaks off and it's capsulized and it holds that trauma. Okay. Now with that trauma, there could be a demon attached or not. When you're talking regular DID, it's not as likely, although it could still be just depending on what was going on to make that trauma occur. Mm -hmm. But when you're talking about DID that occurs from satanic ritual abuse, this is purposeful. They do it on purpose to attach the demons and entities to those parts so that they can use them for a purpose. Wow. How much, I don't know how to appropriately ask this question. Have you heard about the brain anus connection? Do you, brain, do you know what I'm referring to? Because I, I don't know how to say it and not be completely inappropriate because the way, the way, in other words, your your anus is attached to the spinal cord, which goes into your brain. And part of the reason why you're sodomized is to cause that split. And there's a demo, and, and allowing the demonic to enter into you. <laughs> I don't I didn't explain it very well, but again, no, I'm I, trying I, to not be grossly yeah. inappropriate. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Um, let me say I wouldn't doubt it. Because okay. that is one of the ways they purposely traumatize people. That's um, an important aspect. Not only um, is it a way to fracture and split, but it's also a way to um, give offering to their fake gods. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't doubt it, but I, I I can't speak to it exactly in terms of a clinical or you know word. But it happens all the time, put it that way. I found about two and a half years ago, it was about the same time that I learned about the truth about Dr. Fauci and some other things that I won't discuss right now. Um, it was about the time that I started to find the information on this and then all of a sudden it disappeared. And I'm so bummed I didn't save it because it was interesting to me because that is when I think of some of the initiations that are done, that's one of the things that's done. I think about what happened to me and where and all that, you know, when I started to go the opposite direction of, I think, the, the path that God wanted me to go on. it And I think about that. And then I think about the soul tie aspect of that. 
and how the demonic, you know, can be transferred through a seed. And so I started to make that connection and it almost blew my, almost blew my mind. And then of course I learned about through that, learned about the, um, not, not snakes. What are those things? Parasites, Mm -hmm. how parasites can get into the body that way. I mean, it comes through foods and other things, but these parasites are like little demons. How much do you know about parasites in the body? Well, um, those who have been ritually abused in particular have tons of parasites. I actually have, I talked about how we want to do approach of spiritual, physical, and emotional. Right. We have a scanner that can, will scan people and it will actually show us if they have a parasite in which they like were forced to drink blood and, and do different stuff like that. So there's a huge trend of those who were SRA that they have parasites and some very big ones, and, and it's, a, it's an issue. Um, and, and it does, a lot of stuff is passed down generationally, too. Mm-hmm. Um, the sins of the forefathers passed down third and fourth generation. Well, if nobody ever, that's 400 years alone, but if nobody ever repents and, st- and cuts it off, it just keeps getting passed down. So a lot of this stuff is generational, and, and that's how they... Um, harvest the power too. you know, the bloodline is very important to them. That's why they, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Gosh, it just, this wormhole goes so deep. Oh my goodness. Um, I, I, I love what you're doing. And if we can ever be of any support to any of your people that are going through the healing journey and are wanting to learn different skills to go start their own career or, you know, whether it's a ministry or whatever it may be, if we could ever be of service, uh, you know, our heart is for the people you serve. And, and, you know, we, again, we don't serve in the same way, but we like to use the assets that we have with media and broadcasting to be a service to organizations like yours and the people you serve. So if there's anything we can ever do, please let us know because, it's going to take more people sharing this truth from all over the world to help bring healing because, and understanding and compassion. Because when people don't understand something, instead of being patient, learning and asking questions, they tend to get dismissed. They tend to be pushed aside or, oh, they're a freak. Oh, they're weird. Oh, they have multiple personalities. Stay away from them. They belong in the loony bin. But... The truth is, I believe with all my heart, I believe it because I know it in my own life, how God can use it. I believe that those are God's superheroes, the people you're (laughs) serving. Because once they heal, they get to go out. Because sexual abuse, I mean, sex is talked about so much in the Bible in its sacredness and its importance and its power, but the evil that can also be a part of it. And yet here we are, we're trauma, you know, children are being traumatized and it changes their brain chemistry and the way that they are and the way that they believe. And then they don't trust. And then they, they don't know what love is. They think that giving their body away is a love or however they choose to cope with it. The fact is that it, it changes us, especially when our innocence is robbed. But yet that journey that we all go on and it all looks, it looks different for most people. You know, it's not always the same, but the fact is 
once they recover, I believe that they have supernatural gifts that God intends to use to heal the nations. I believe it with all my heart. And so anything that we can do to help support that, please let us know. Yes, it's it's funny you use that word because that's what I've been saying about them. I'm like, these are like little superheroes. You know? Yeah, it, it is are. amazing. Um, and he he has a plan that he is unfolding with them as well, the redemption of them. I mentioned uh -huh. to you before, um, he has me writing a book called The Will, which we just talked about earlier about the importance of the will. And then the subtitle is The Redeeming of the Satanic Soldier. Mm. And and actually, it's either soldier or super soldier. I'm trying to hear him clearly on that. But that's really what's going on is he is redeeming them. The enemy thought that he had this army that he was going to take over the world. But the Lord is redeeming them. Hallelujah. But the thing is, people have to stop being afraid. The enemy feeds off this chaos and this fear and all this stuff. If we could get to know who we are in him. In the spirit realm, we're huge if we really can get that. And those demons got to go. Those entities got to go. <laughs> but we have to know who we are. And unfortunately, the church isn't really teaching people who they really are. No. And that has to change. Oh, amen to that. I, amen. I don't think the church knows what to do with sexual abuse victims. They don't. And maybe it's because it's so this. close to home. Because so much of it's happening in the church. Yes. We, I actually, mean, it's happening everywhere outside yeah. the church, but it's happening in the church too. And with all of the arrest of some of the, you know, the pastors that are public and there's going to be more coming and this is going to trigger a falling away. We need all of God's warriors to step up into their true purpose because we have a lot of people to go after. I know that Jesus left the 99 to go after the one. But you know what? We have a role in that too. We've got to go back for the people that have been left behind. We got to go back to the places that, you know, we've been freed from. It's our duty to go back. And once we do that, I believe that we will cause such a shift and such an awakening. And I'm not trying to borrow a Q thing because I'm anti-Q, um, <laughs> but it is going to be an awakening. And, 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 when people feel and see God's truth and his healing power and all that he can do, the redemption, like the more of us that can that have been redeemed, that have had our lives turned around, we've got to start speaking out. But we also got to go back for those people that were left in the places we were freed from, because those are God's superheroes, too. And it's our duty to do so. And the truth is, most of them are sitting right next to you. They're your neighbor. They're your co-worker. Statistically. One in um, three girls, one in four to five boys is sexually abused. But that is who is reported. That's what's reported. Nobody reports it because nothing ever happens because statute of limitations and, and they're dragged through the mud. So really, that could be doubled. Um, so I would I would lay money on one in two people, um, one in two women, probably one in three boys have been somehow sexually abused. Um, I don't know if you know Russ Dizdar, but he says that, um, well, he passed, unfortunately, but he, his estimate is there's 20 million of the um, SRA, MKUltra um, out there that are just sleeping 
waiting for the enemy to um, waiting for them to be activated. Mm -hmm. But the Lord is going to redeem them. And we have to have faith in that, but we have to do our part. Amen. He wants to partner with us. He's always wanted to partner with his creation, man. He partnered with Moses. He's partnered with David. You know, he partners with them. He doesn't just take a wand and go like this. We have to rise up and start doing something. And I'm just inviting everybody out there to join us. There's a place for you. Like I said, I don't care if it's um, just doing emails for us, if it's, if it's financial, if it's if you're in the area or want to move to the area and you want to do the ministry, <laughs> I do train people. Uh, so it's just, you know, there is a place. Amen. Kelly, please uh, tell everybody where they can support you and your organization. Uh, plug anything you want to plug. Well, we are at www.warriorbrideministry.org or com. And when you go to the website, there's a place um, if you need an appointment. Again, we're no charge. We don't charge you. So don't think that that is something that's going to limit you and get in your healing. If you need, if you want to volunteer, there's a volunteer button. If you want to donate, there's a donate button. We do do conferences in which we um, teach people about this stuff. We do have a church program where we will go into churches and talk and train and teach and get them trauma ready. We have business program um, for partnerships of businesses. We have a legacy program um, where people who have passed on want to continue, have a place where the work is continued. We have several ways that you can get involved. If you want to be hands-on, I will train the people that their heart is in the right place. So just um, please reach out. Please join the fight. If it's not with us, somewhere else. And I'll just um, give my T-shirt a plug. We won't be quiet so you can be comfortable. That <laughs> be everybody's motto. <laughs> Hallelujah. I love that shirt. Um, Kelly, God bless you. God bless your mission and all the people that you serve. I am so grateful for your time. And I look forward to talking to you again. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And God bless. Thank you. See you soon. Bye-bye. Kelly Holly, everyone. Thank you so much for that. Um, it's one of those conversations. I think we got to just kept going uh, because there's so much information there and it's, there's just so many layers to the work that's done, but you get the point. And like I said before, look, I was, I was wrong about a few people and, um, but it's, I'll tell you the blessing in being wrong about the people I was wrong about is it heightened our discernment and helped us learn to ask the right questions and also learned how to investigate people a little bit differently. And um, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for those. I, I look at it as a failure. I look at it as a, it's a heartbreak too, because we went in just like, we want to serve and we want to help anybody. And, and that's, that was our attitude. And it still is, but now we're making sure that we're not helping the enemy too. And you know what? Warrior Bride Ministries, I believe with all my heart, uh, is doing God's work. And uh, of course, you can you can see it in her eyes. You can see it in her smile. And, and there's just the joy of the Lord there. And I think that that is something to pay attention to when we're trying to discern with who's the fraud and who's not. So God bless Kelly and what they're doing. You guys, please go to warriorbrideministries.com or warriorbrideministries.com. 
Org, and so into them. They're doing God's work. They need your support. She's not asking for money. She's working, serving the Lord. She relies on the blessings of others. And I relate to that. But uh, you guys go out and support them. And if you are in the area, volunteer. Why not? Why not? All right. Thank you for being here. God bless you. Bye-bye.